charter one, hopefully. Okay, let's get started. Ready? Ready? Do it. Welcome to Blockchain Bandai, the podcast where we explore the depths of blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and the technology shaping our future. I'm your host, Chet Chakuri, and today we are going to talk about uh, the technical aspects of blockchain, and Brian is going to, uh, has a few questions that you would like me to answer, so we will have a Q&A session uh, for some of the technical uh, questions. I try to be as non-technical as possible with the answers. Let's see how that goes. I am the founder of uh, TogetherMDM, a solution uh, that is blockchain-based to, ident uh, to identify, uh, it's an identification database for providers that is secure, immutable, and operate or interoperable with existing systems. I'm here with my co-host, Brian. Brian and I like to research and study various aspects of blockchain technology, and we share that with our audience. Now, let me hand it over to my co-host, Brian. Hello, Brian. And he will introduce himself and give us a sneak peek into today's uh, questions and topics. That he hey, Chuck. Good to see you. Thank you. Hey, I'm, my name is Brian. I've been in the staffing business, IT staffing business, for over 25 years. And like Chuck said, we both love uh, blockchain. We're He's actually developing something, and I'm just a, a huge enthusiast. So, thus, here we are. And uh, last week, we are, uh, we're in the discussion of kind of the topic of blockchain was dying, and we got cut off there, I think, after about 18 or 19 minutes. Um, so, we'll finish that up, and then uh, we'll, we'll, like Chuck said, we'll talk about some Web3, some questions around that. And uh, before we dive in, though, make sure to subscribe here as well as check us out on Spotify, Google, Apple, anywhere you get uh, your podcasts and uh, take it away, Chuck. Thank you, Brian. So let's wrap up uh, last week. Last week, we, we went through a lot of scenarios where we uh, did the pros and cons of is blockchain dying? You know, I think uh, before we cut off, I think we were uh, summarizing, right? Blockchain is not really dying for a lot of reasons. Remember, I agree. Yeah, I agree. No, it's it's. Uh, I think the the pullback is happening, um, just as any uh, as any cycle would go through with something new and uh, something exciting. And so I think the I think we talked about the the pullback is there, but it's certainly not dying. It's just uh, it's just changing. It's evolving. Yeah. So that at the end of the day, we kind of concluded with a lot of uh, you know situations or like reasons why blockchain is, even though it's taking a little backseat, it actually has to go forward. And I think it will go there. Like that was the summary. Yep. Uh, well, that was a just. Uh, it's, it's certainly not dying. That's for yeah. sure. So now let's uh, get into the questions. So before we ask your questions, Brian, what were you thinking about when you thought about technical questions that you had? These things you've been thinking about for a while or um, you know, you know, Chuck, I'm not, obviously I'm not technical. <laughs> um, and you know, web three, that's cool. Kind of like blockchain, right? Oh, blockchain. That's really cool. Well, what the hell is it? Right? So what, what actually is it and what, how does it work? And you know, do I, it, it says it's, you know, it's, it says it's free for everyone and it's decentralized. And what, what does that all mean to, 
you know, Mr. Me surfing the internet and you, I, I've been using Brave a little bit. Uh, you know, what does that mean? What's all the, what's all the technology behind it and how's the stack and, and what does that all look like? And so it's just some interesting things that I'm like, I didn't know answers to and, and some are basic and some a little more technical. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Fire away to your first question. Oh, fire away. Huh? Um, all right. Uh, hey, as you know, we have access through the internet, through an ISP. Um, does web three, uh, do we have to use ISP to go through, uh, to, to get on web three? Uh, that, that's a very good question because I, 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 heard, I got that from a lot of people. I think when we say blockchain and web two and web three, they think they're two different networks. Basically, blockchain runs on a bunch of nodes. And interestingly, all these nodes, they communicate with each other using the internet, mm -hmm. right? And to use a blockchain, uh, somebody has to use the, at least currently, has to use the internet to go to connect to a node, right? And we can probably see how they connect to a node. Uh, and this is often done using the internet. So. Mm -hmm. That is one part. But what is interesting is if I'm only using blockchain, right? And I'm only interested in connecting to a node, right? One of the nodes. Right. Now, if that node connects to the internet, right? And it's connecting to the rest of the nodes. However, it is mm -hmm. connecting to the rest of the nodes. I don't need internet. I can be, yeah. so I can be in my home network without internet. But mm -hmm. this particular node is connected to the blockchain network. Okay. Then I don't need internet, but this blockchain node needs the internet. Right. So one of the reasons that this particular topic comes up is about privacy and security and all of that. Right. Once you're on the internet, anybody can look at your information and you can look at your data. Right. So there is a company actually I learned, which actually develops satellite nodes. So a node through a satellite without an internet connects to a blockchain network. So would that be like a Starlink by, you know, Elon Yeah, Starlink, like companies, I don't have the names, but they actually sell a node that uses satellite and connects to a blockchain network. Okay. Then if I connect to that, I don't need internet. So I'm like- so I don't need an ISP then. I don't need an ISP, right? So, but that is slow, it will probably take a time and- Right. But for most people, the answer is yes. We need to use internet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's one of those things where ISP. you know your your uh, Web three is like you know it, people can't track you. Although it's it's open and transparent, it's still you know hey not tracking and how does that actually work? Right? How does the not mm -hmm. tracking or is it or or can you? Right? I don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure. You know, if you if I'm going to the dark web. I can download Tor, and although people know that you have Tor on your computer, they can't track you. So is it the same thing with Web3 kind of, or is it just completely different? Oh, oh, oh okay. So dark web is a very different concept. Mm -hmm. What that is, is basically in internet, once you're in internet, everybody, the packets are going from, your information is going from one computer to the other. It is hopping a network. So mm -hmm. if you access a site you you don't want people to know that you access but people will know right so right. what dark web does it is a think of it as a mechanism to make tracking and tracing data movement extremely hard 
So if there is a packet going from uh, your computer, say, to YouTube, and you don't mm -hmm. want anybody to know that you're using YouTube. Right. Right? Then this dark web basically moves your packet all over the place in some crazy way. Gotcha. So YouTube doesn't know that Brian is watching their videos. Got it. And Brian, nobody else in between would know who is, if you're using, you know, so that right. is kind of a obfuscation, you know, yeah. type of tech mechanism. Yep. So dark web is very different. So is it like, so if we use like a, a browser, like a, you know, a DuckDuckGo that's supposed to cover all, and like, you know, right, so that can't, these ISPs can't track you or Google can't track you or thing, you know, uh, Chrome can't track you and things of that sort. So is Web3, is it trackable? Like what is, you know, what's, okay, what's that Let's just address DuckDuckGo for a second. Yeah. Okay, DuckDuckGo is a browser. Uh, their claim to fame is they've been there for a long time. They're mm -hmm. a search engine and a browser like Google. Yep. So there, uh, it's it's really a difference in their business model. What I mean by that is, right now they're all selling advertisements. Okay, whether it is Google or whether it's DuckDuckGo, they're selling advertisements. Mm -hmm. Now the way Google sells advertisement is, it if you go on search on Google, Google keeps track of your information, right, or my information. Hundred percent. Yes. And then. They tell advertisers, hey, this Indian guy living in your Belinda. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So they, they, and then all of this, you know, or he makes this much money. Yeah, of course. Right. So Searches for this. Yep. So they're helping advertisers target me personally right. because they have that. But DuckDuckGo, yep. what it does is it doesn't track my information. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't, if I look for cars, or you look for cars or anybody looks for cars, they're going to show ads on cars. Mm -hmm. so they're not personalizing the content for by based on person because they, do, they don't have information about me. Right, right, right. But they just so, know what I'm searching and based on that, there is... There is advertising that's based on your search, not on you specifically. Yeah, so I would get the same advertisement, you would get the same advertisement, any of our listeners will get the same advertisement irrespective of their age, gender, location, nothing. And so what's the, is, is web, is web three? So I use a web that three browser. That is not browser. web three at all. That is nothing okay. to do with web three. It is okay. just a purely web two search engine, which right. promotes itself by saying, we don't save your private information. Right. It's and what, so. Block got it. Web three. So, Privacy. So Brave is the search engine for for the internet, right? For Web three. No. Is that right or no? Okay, that's help me out. Yeah. Okay. Help me out. So when you talk, GoGo is a different website which is ten years old. Mm -hmm. Brave is a new browser. Okay. Yep. It will help you connect to a blockchain network. Okay. So think of it this way. A blockchain network, to connect to it, you need to have private keys, right? Okay. You need to have some kind of a account and private and public keys. You have a, you okay. need a wallet. So there is two ways to solve this. Right now, my Chrome browser can put a plugin called MetaMask. Okay. Inside of that, I can manage my wallets, right? Mm -hmm. So the existing Web2 browser 
has to have a plugin so that I can connect. Now, Brave is a browser that has this functionality built in. Okay. So it has a built-in functionality to connect to a blockchain because the wallets and everything is kind of built in. Mm -hmm. Right? So that is Brave, Brave, which is different from DuckDuckGo. Got it. Now, they're just, yeah, they're just different. And then what's, is, is there any, uh, like, what's the advantage of using, like, a, a Brave over a DuckDuckGo versus a Google versus a Chrome versus a, you know, I know difference are search engines versus whatnot, but. Yeah. So is there any advantage of you? Hey, we want to go to Web3. Are people interested in that? Is there an advantage using a Brave going to search? I personally think Brave would be good, but most of my searches are a combination of Web2 and Web3. Mm -hmm. So I don't like to change personally. I don't go between browsers. You know what I mean? I'm like mm -hmm. stuck in one browser. Either it's Chrome or it's Bing or it's Firefox or whatever I'm used to. Because yep. you have a lot of plugins that you need when you're browsing, right? So I use MetaMask with a Web2 browser, right, for connecting to a blockchain. Now, if you're really, if there is an app that is designed to work well with Brave, then you would end up using that anyway. Okay. Right? It's it's so it's really a lot of personal preference. But one disadvantage of using a web two browser with the MetaMask. Now, making sure these versions of plugins and browsers are matching, it can be a little challenging mm -hmm. for new people. So if you just want to use Brave browser and you're just using web three, then maybe Brave three is better. Got it. Web three is better. Cool. And then is everything on web three, is it, uh, is it all decentralized? Is everything decentralized? Is that the biggest, that's that, I mean, that's, is that why we like it? I mean, blockchain decentralized means transparent. So. Oh, that's, that's a fantastic question, actually. That's actually fantastic. And it's also loaded. <laughs> <laughs> the reason is because I, I get this, right? What is decentralized? What is decentralized? What is centralized? Right. Uh, there is a concept. We have to think of decentralized two different types of decentralization. Okay. When is, uh, when the, technology architecture itself mm -hmm. right in the currently in a centralized architecture is like one big server a central server that is processing data that is processing requests for information that is mm -hmm. managing users it is a central server now when i say it's a central server it may not be one server but it may be a cluster of servers working as sure. yeah right? just because you have thousand users one computer can do it Correct. so you have thousand servers working together Right, to, to as one, right, exactly. And, and, and then even those thousand servers, sometimes what happens is, let's say Google, particularly Google website, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Google website is being accessed from all over the world, right? So right, they yes. have some servers in um, Chicago, maybe servers in New York and servers in India, servers, servers in Europe. Even mm -hmm. though there are all like these hundred servers, they act as one. They all have the same content. They all have the same rules and they're all managed centrally, right? Mm -hmm. So now who controls all these servers, who decides when to get this started, when they get replaced is one central authority, right? Right. So it is, even though the systems are across 
different regions. Mm -hmm. They are all the same systems and it's one central authority. And somebody owns them, right? Yeah. So it's a central architecture, central authority makes mm -hmm. it centralized. Right. Now, when it comes to web, it bites web three. I mean, when I, when it comes to web three blockchain, it is by very nature, it's a decentralized architecture. Mm -hmm. So Google with all the servers, they can prevent me from seeing what is on that server. Right. Correct. Right. But in the decentralized architecture, you can't prevent. I can, anybody who can connect to that servers and join. So there is no central authority. You know what I mean? Yes. I know exactly. Central authority and it's a decentralized architecture. Right? Yep. So no central authority, decentralized architecture. Now I can build a web three blockchain network with a central authority. Okay. Right. So now once you have a central authority, there is one person is managing or one company is managing all these thousand nodes. Right. Right. So a large enterprise like IBM or Microsoft, if mm -hmm. they want to have an internal blockchain, they would have a blockchain, right? Which is a decentralized architecture. Right. And they may decide only this their head office to manage the policies. They want to manage it, right? Yeah, exactly. Or they may even say, hey, the node in New York or node in India can be managed by the Indian team. Mm -hmm. Decentralized, right? The node in Australia can manage their own node. Right. So then it can be a decentralized. So Web3 can, by to answer your question, Web3 architecture is decentralized. And so anybody can join. There's nobody that says you can't join. Nobody no, says. No, no. We, when you say nobody, then there can be central authority. But on a general, that would be just on a private blockchain, right? Even on a public blockchain also. I mean, when I say public blockchain, like let's say uh, Binance Network, mm -hmm. right? So Binance controls a lot of that. What happens on that network? Mm -hmm. They control releases. Right. There is a market. I mean, you can do it, but you have to follow their rules. Right. right? No, that makes sense. Yeah. So you could have some centralized things in their in a decentralized network. I don't know. Nice. Did that answer your question? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, you know, kind of going off of that, is it is it all transparent? Can everybody see, you know, what I'm doing, like on, you know, what I'm doing on that network or is it like, you know, kind of some private, some not. I mean, what's. Oh yeah. That's, that's a beautiful question actually, because when people say if it's transparent, how is it private? Right. Exactly. Yeah, how is it protecting my data? Right. 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 But if it's not transparent, how can you trust it? Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, so this is a, a question that it, it's, it stumps a lot of people. So what it's very interesting. So blockchain has, uh, the movement of data, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm sending you $10 or $5 or uh, I'm sending you a PDF, mm -hmm. right? everybody can know that Chuck sent Brian a document. Right. But who can open that document? Whoever has the keys Just to that document. 
right. So if I lock it and I send you a key, so now the data itself is protected. Now, let me ask this. Do they know that it's Chuck and Brian, or do they know you by whatever your number is for your computer, whether it's your, I don't know if there's a, I, you know, if it's an IP address or whatnot, um, yeah. what do they know? That, no, that's, that's, so just like, like, let's say I have an email, right? Mm -hmm. Say awesome at gmail.com. Because right? you're awesome. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know awesome at gmail, who that awesome at gmail is. Unless right. I tell you this is me. Unless, correct. Right? So similarly, in blockchain, there is an address. It's not like awesome. Yeah. It's not like an mm -hmm. address. Yeah, I got you. Yep. It has, a, it has a 68 or 128 character number, mm -hmm. right? Which is yep. very hard to generate. Emails probably. So those, if you don't tell anybody what who that number belongs to, they can see that number. Right. So awesome.gmail sent this mail that everybody can see, but they don't know if it's me unless I tell so It's them. a lot like if I, uh, if I sell Bitcoin or I sell any coins, they understand this wallet number, sold exactly. this coin or move this amount of money or this yeah. amount of crypto. They don't know it's me. They know the, they know the wallet. Yes. It's called the blockchain address. Yeah. Got it. Wallet is different though. The wallet stores your addresses. You can have 20 email accounts. So 20 in addresses. Got okay. Right? And those addresses are stored in the wallet along with the keys. Oh god, okay. So whenever you whenever you want to send something, the wallet software you can say, I want to send this from address. You can have 20 addresses. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is the hashing algorithm, the crypto technology is so cool that no matter which address you use, they're all coming from that wallet. Got it. So if I don't want to compromise my address, I can generate a new address and send it. Mm -hmm. One time address. Got it. Okay. But people will know it came from this wallet. From that wallet. Got it. So you're usually identified by the wallet, even though you have so many addresses. Right. No, that makes sense. All right. And who owns that wallet? Nobody knows. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. And uh, so from a transparency perspective, coming back to it, mm -hmm. the data movement is transparent. You know who changed it, when they change it, what they change it. But what right. is that data? If it is encrypted, mm -hmm. nobody can see it who has the key. Nice. So if I want to send you something, I was just like, let's say if I had some, if I'm Hunter Biden and I have pictures. Right? <laughs> now, if I put it on my laptop, somebody can get to it. Sure. But if I put it in blockchain and put it in a secret key, tough luck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nobody can get to it. Yep. Right? Okay. But if I send them to somebody, everybody would know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that that's the tricky part. So it's transparent for movement, but not transparent for the actual data itself. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And then kind of off of that, off of that same thing, I mean, you did a, did a great job explaining that. Uh, off of that, so, you know, now we're not in control of our data, right? We, they collect data, right? Google will collect all the data, they will sell it, they will make money, every single company does that. 
your ISP does it, everybody does it, right? To sell your data and whatnot. So on Web3, am I in control of my data? And if so, you know, am I allowed to sit, send it who I want to? And then I, I don't off think that, change much. I, that part won't change much. Let's say okay. I have this cool game on blockchain. Right. Okay. And then you say, if I give it to you for free to play, I say, okay, Brian, sign up with all your information and then I'll let you play. Then I have all that information. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of a trading access to your information. Right. Now you can give me right information, wrong information. I can verify it. Right, right. That's all different. Right. So if you have what they mean by that particular thing, like let's say I have a, I work with you and I'm sending you a contract in my email. Mm -hmm. Anybody in Google can read that if they want to. Whatever that contract between you and me. Right. It's anybody can see it. I mean, they, they have laws to our internal controls so that people don't see, of but course. technically they can. They can see it, right? Yes, correct. Right? But in blockchain, they can't. So in that sense, your data is protected. Okay. So when a collection part, it depends. But so storing and sharing, it's protected. Got it. So, and then like off of that, so I guess where, I know we, say you know it's based off a of blockchain and stuff but where is web3 like what is it like where where is it where is web3 like is it sit on a blockchain with the business logic i mean what is that like where so, is it okay is it's, there it's, a simple answer <laughs> uh, because where is internet you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah exactly where is internet right it, it's it's just a network of and it's a protocol Okay, so there are a lot of websites. Anybody can put up a website, right? And then they can publish a URL or like HTTPS and anybody can go there and then I can put a paywall or like in you know, access control, payment credit card, you can see, I can do all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. On the internet. So Web3 is also a set of computers that are connected together, but they do something different. What they do is they communicate with each other with a different protocol. They provide a platform for data and transactions, right? So these, they, all these net computers work together. Now, this group of computers is one network. Another group of computers is one network. Mm -hmm. right? they, in the internet, there is everything is just internet. Right, right, blockchain, yeah, right, right. A set of computers can say, I am an Ethereum network. A set of computers can say, I'm a blockchain Bitcoin network, right? Right. And another set of computers can say I'm a Solana network, right? Another computer set right. of computers say I'm a Cardano network, right? Now, these people usually they have a published address where you can connect to them, just like how I go to www.google.com, I can go to Ethereum mainnet with some IP, mm -hmm. right. right? So Web3 is really two things. And that's what makes it interesting. In in a, in a web two in current internet, the website itself is completely the data, the interface, and everything, right? 
like the UI, the, gra the, ex the mm -hmm. web page that you see, yep. it's all there. But in block three, what happens is I can have a UI, a, a business logic, right? Let's say I'm selling, uh, I'm tracking some goods. Mm -hmm. okay. Say you're shipping socks from New York to Chicago or in LA. Right. So I'm writing an app for all the shock, socks shippers, right? To track right. their socks. Okay. okay. So I create this app and that app can be hosted on AWS or Google or wherever. It is. Mm -hmm. But the data can be on a blockchain network. Oh, okay. Right. So I'm tracking the socks on the blockchain network. Mm -hmm. But then I'm providing you that UI where you say, hey, where are my socks? So I can pull up my iPhone with the app? Are the iPhone, iPhone connects to a web server on Amazon mm -hmm. or Apple. Yep, right. connects. And then it says, ah, oh. so the, your, then it will talk to the blockchain, see where the socks are and tells you. Oh, okay. Huh, so there, cool. are, there, are, there are two parts to it. The UI that is actually showing you because blockchain doesn't have an interface. Right. It just uh, programs that are running, that smart contracts that are running on that machine. Somebody has to trigger them when socks are moving from place to place. Right. So this app can be a Web2 app. So it's uh, Web3, so it's hard to define where it is because it could be in both. Right. No, makes sense. That's thank you. Um, and uh, I'll play off that again. You kind of sparked an idea there with, you know, hey, being able to, you know, a couple different things. What what exactly is, I mean, is is there a tech stack for Web3? Is there, is it different? Is it, is there different components or? Yes, the, you, you can. So let's talk about the blockchain network for a second, right? Yeah. The blockchain network is a bunch of computers that are participating in a network. Mm -hmm. right? And the way they participate is that they run a node software, right? An Ethereum node software or a Hyperledger Bezos software or Bitcoin software. Now, this software that is running the node, they have nodes, Ethereum nodes specifically. They have written it in C++, they have written it in Python, they have written right. in the Go, right? Right, right. So, so if I'm writing a blockchain node, okay? If I can write in any language I want, for instance, okay. I want to connect to a blockchain network. So let's say Ethereum network, it has to be able to communicate with other nodes and follow their rules. Sure. And I can write that in any of the languages. Okay. So then there I could make, I can put a, there is a GraphQL. There is a bunch of each blockchain node as a database, as some software and logic, all the same software layers. Right. that are there and I could use any one of them to build right. that node. So that is one part. So when you say tech stack, the node has its own tech stack. But then when I'm building a UI where I can talk to the blockchain network right. and node, then we have our traditional stacks like Mongo, you know, Express, React, mm -hmm. uh, yep. node, uh, you know, Linux, you know, Angular, Lamp, they have names, Mern, Mean, mm -hmm. Lamp, right, right. right? And then any any of these stacks can be used. And so and then on mobile, you have their own stacks. Mm -hmm. Android has its own stack. iOS has its own stack, 
right? So there are stacks and you have to think of two different types of stacks. For most yes. software people who are developing, I really don't worry about the stack on the node. I'm assuming there is a node already there. Okay. So I'm, right. like, I'm not a node developer. I'm more of an app developer. Right. So is there, for when you do your apps, is there, is there, is there you can develop in anything you want? Or is there like, okay. Yeah. All you need is a way to talk to the blockchain network. You know what I mean? You need a blockchain to talk to the blockchain network. Oh, that makes sense. And then I kind of heard, you know, reading around, I just, I heard something about Web3, you know, .js. What is that? I mean, what exactly is that? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> so, uh, block, most of the current Web2 technologies, right, they're running in the browser, okay? okay? And inside the browser, the language that is used is JavaScript, okay? So JavaScript yep. is the logic, HTML is the page views, like yep. how to put the buttons and all that. For sure. Okay? So this JavaScript is what runs in the browser. Okay. okay. So Web3 is a JavaScript library that lets the browser connect to a blockchain network, right? So that is what the MetaMask plugin uses to connect to a blockchain network, to say, hey, I'm sending this transaction, I'm sending $5 from my account, right? right? So all those transactions, they, they are, you know, using that library called Web3.js. Now, there, that's not yes. the only one. There are a couple of other libraries like Ether.js, Blockchain.js, Alchemy.js, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. there's one for even Web3.Python. So if somebody writing yep. a Python front-end using, uh, instead of JavaScript, right. they could use Python to go and get the data. Oh, okay. So that's what Web3 and those guys are libraries are for. No, that, exactly. It's, that hell, I had no idea what the heck that was. Um, I should have asked you before. So another thing that was sparked up was, um, you know, you, you have a you have, you have your wallet right connected to a Web three. When so is it is Web three all token based? Do I have to have crypto to buy stuff on through on Web three of these services or kind of how does that all work? Like I, no, that's a very good. So it's a great question. First of all. I'm trying to simplify this, okay? Please do. I because need to dump the, the, the concept is between token and currency, mm -hmm. okay? And token and currency are fundamentally different, right? This is what I want you to think about it. Okay. And when you execute any transaction, right? So somebody has to pay for it, right? So mm -hmm. when... Uh, the compute that is happening, right? People who are mining blockchains, they're getting paid for who is getting them the money, right? right? right. So executing transactions costs money, period, mm -hmm. right? And this money, right, has to be given to people who are executing transactions. Okay? Right. So before the tokens are there, let's talk about the time when there was Bitcoin was a currency, right? So mm -hmm. if I sent you $20, 20 right. Bitcoin, mm -hmm. now whoever is sending, using, facilitating this transaction, mm -hmm. they would get some of it. Mm -hmm. So since Bitcoin was a currency, 
they would get some of that currency, mm -hmm. which was great, right? So that's how, and then they were fighting over who should get it. And then we said, whoever does the most work and consensus and mm -hmm. all of that, and people were making money by doing transactions. For sure. Which is great. Now, let's say I have a token, okay? Mm -hmm. And this token represents a, a, a million dollar painting, mm -hmm. right? Now, when I give you that token, you can take some of that token, right? You still need some money. Right, right, right. Right? So what they have done in like some of the newer things is particularly with NFT, they created a concept of a token. Not the non-fungible token is very different. Mm -hmm. A token for accounting the, like as a money, right? As right. a currency, right? Okay. To make that transaction happen. Okay. So I'm selling you a Picasso painting, but to move that painting from my account to your account, maybe I need to spend $30. Right. So how am I going to, so I can, obviously a blockchain cannot hold $30, so they mm -hmm. create tokens. So I buy these tokens and then I pay for that transaction. Okay. Right? So now there are two things. There is a NFT token that represents the Picasso. Right. That can grow in value. Right. And then I buy $30 worth of token on that marketplace. Right, wherever I'm selling in that marketplace. Mm -hmm. In that marketplace, it costs me $30 or 30 tokens. Maybe it's like, a, let's say a dollar a token, right? I buy $30 of tokens and I you have those tokens now. Somebody got those tokens for money. You don't have those tokens, I don't have those tokens. Right. You only have the NFT and I whatever tokens I bought for paid for the transaction, so I don't have any of them. So right. those are now held by the guy who did the transaction, mm -hmm. right? Now they will end up having, say a 10,000, 30,000 of those transactions in that network. Mm -hmm. He eventually wants money for those. Sure. To go spend it somewhere. <laughs> right. Right, because he did some work. So he can then go and trade those tokens on some other exchange who has the need for something else. Or So each marketplace has its own tokens to doing transactions. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, right, so yes, in a sense, you will need, so some of those tokens are not really currencies. You just use those tokens for that area, right. But, but they are used to pay for transactions on that network. For that network, right, got it. Yep. But no, now, like even Ethereum, I can't pay Ethereum to do a transaction on some other network. Mm-hmm. So I use Ethereum like dollars to go right. buy some of those tokens yep. to sell goods on that network. Makes sense. Yep. Right. So you will always need some form of cash to buy tokens to trade. Got it. Some cash in some form, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Whether it's crypto, whether it's dollars. Yep. You have to buy those tokens. Yep. No, makes, did they, makes did perfect sense. Question? You absolutely did. And then uh, one kind of, I got a, just a couple more. So hopefully, uh, here you go. So um, if you can, 
So you know how you know Facebook can remove me or a Verizon ISP can remove me if they don't like my website or they don't like what I'm doing. Can can you be re removed from Web3? So again, you're, this is my gut feeling on censorship, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, right now, YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, they can decide based sure. on whatever logic they have. Exactly. They're going to remove this content. Yep. Right? Now in blockchain, let's say I post some content, mm -hmm. content, right? Right. A horrible content. There is no one, all nodes behave the same way. Right. They're all not on or they're not doing something. And they can't just, even if one person removes it there, it will be on some, some other node. Right? Right. And when you ask for it, you will get it. Get it. But right. my feeling is we as a society, we as people, we don't want some really horrible content. You know what I mean? Like maybe. Right. Kids. I get you. No, there's all kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. There's all kinds of things. So yes. we, we would want to prohibit some type of content, right? Concept. But that will happen not by one person, but we'll write in some code, some logic, where 51%, mm 52% -hmm. of the nodes say right. this is bad content. Right. And then that content gets purged. The consensus, right? Yep. Yeah. So it will be, so somebody will remove your content if it's. <laughs> bad or if it's deemed inappropriate. Sure, sure, sure. But it will be definitely be more fair. It will be more transparent and it will be consensus driven. Right. Yep. It's That's not like, like, yeah, it's not like totally anybody, anything will go is not the, you yep. know what I mean? No, I get it. No, no. That's the, yeah, I just wasn't sure how that, how that worked, but that makes a perfect sense. And then just, I, just to wrap it up, um, what? What do, you, what do you think the time frame is for people to really start using Web3, like to understand, like, what, is there going to be a movement to go there? Do you think it's just going to be a trickle effect, like over years? Is it going to be a mass adoption? I mean, what's, what's your thoughts? My, my thought is this, right? I, 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 uh, I've done some statistical analysis on events and particularly when I was doing my master's, mm -hmm. I was, one of my modeling was, I stand in a street corner and start measuring uh, cars coming to the street corner, mm -hmm. right? And if you see how cars come to the intersection, they all don't come at a uniform speed, right? right? Sometimes you just get a whole bunch and then nothing and then a whole bunch and nothing, right? It comes in some sort of waves. Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of these uh, phenomena, people have studied it. Uh, it's a, there is a distribution for it, right? So it, it comes in some sort of waves, okay? And then there can be nothing for a long time, right? right. So my, are people moving to Web3? I think the easy answer is yes, people are moving to Web3. Sure. So there are a lot of apps. We talked about it. There are a lot of, you know, things happening in Web3, right? And the, the fact that Bitcoin is going up and down is all Web3. Right? Mm -hmm. They're doing it, but the hard part to figure out is how many and how soon will it be 10%, 20%, 30%, how it will happen. And right. my gut feeling is it will happen in waves, right? So there will be a huge push 
and then there will be nothing and then there will be a huge portion nothing uh, no, no, no. new cycle news event that comes and i think the smart thing is to ride those waves from a marketing right. if, you, if you blindly start marketing without paying attention to that it's not fun you know what i mean that exactly your marketing dollar yep right? exactly so you, you you need to time those and watch those waves mm-hmm. and then jump on those yeah no makes makes sense i i tend to agree with you i think uh there's a lot of challenges but a lot of uh a lot of great upside and a lot of opportunity and a lot of uh i think again as people become more you know the buzzwords right inclusive and equity and all that kind of whether you believe it or not it doesn't even matter if you believe it it's just reality and um i think as that comes people will start to recognize more web3 and what is it and how can i get involved and i kind of like it so anyway i think it's i think you're right over time it's going to you know 15% added and then it'll be nobody for a while and it will yeah, yeah. to 40% then not right I, i think you're exactly right but that's I all i got that's all i have I, you did a great job answering a lot of a lot of my rudimentary let's, let's open up the questions, questions. to our audience Hey, yeah, for sure. Sheila and Ashok, do you have any questions? Just jump on in. Okay, Sheila. You have to unmute yourself. Yeah, make sure to unmute. Yeah. Hey, Sheila. Hi. it is another interesting topic yeah especially web3 the main advantage of the decentralized really that uh, adds more value because uh, earlier now all things are uh, data is stored at one place so it's uh, because of a decentralized it makes more fair and trustworthy so there'll be not like uh, corporate corruptions is like all the data is one place there's this yes. kind of uh, definitely potentially improves the this corporate and governance and of this one and uh, scaling also yeah. that's a really interesting what topic like uh, interesting uh, did did you have any question in the technical no, this is decentralized means how this data is uh, decentralized and stored in uh, multiple places web3 ah so that's a good question so one of the protocols is uh, so there is a every thing on a block chain is think of it as a big linked list of blocks okay mm-hmm. so if i join a block if i am a node and i join a network mm-hmm. okay what i'm really interested in is what are the current transactions happening right now yes so whenever or transaction is submitted to any of the nodes okay there is a block current block right there's a current block number so that block is immediately shared by everybody mm-hmm. okay yeah. so that is called a, a current block with all the open transactions open transactions so they are not finalized transactions right and that block has a link to the previously finalized transaction Mm-hmm. and that block has a thing to fix another previously fixed so i can connect to the block and i can get just that one block which is just for me okay and then i can start participating in the network 
right? And the way it is, is there is a little algorithm. If five people or 10 people submit transactions, somebody has to verify. So whoever verifies them fast says, I'm done. So they, then they close that block. And when they close that block, that is called a mind block. Whoever closes it will get the block reward. Okay. So everybody's working on that one block. It's not a lot of data. It's just one block. Now, yeah, this yes. So now 400, 500, or half a million machines, they're all working on that one block. They're trying to commit those transactions, right? Once mm -hmm. that block is closed, then they start working on it. Block. Now, because I have a link to the previous block, mm -hmm. anybody can go and get all the other data that they want. They want to know. Okay. Right? Very interesting. So I can run a node with just running that one block and not worry about all the old blocks. Old blocks. Okay. If yeah, I that's very interesting. I can always go get it. Somebody will have it. It will be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Right? So a lot of people who want to do last fast transactions, they don't keep track of it, but they have pointers to all the blocks. Mm -hmm. Now there are some sites called archive nodes, which basically don't process transactions, but they just getting and collecting all of the nodes. And then they have all of the data that you need, which you can analyze. Yeah, really interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's how they everybody can get to the data. It's not like it's stored someplace. People all go get it. From. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Because if I want a next block, I can get it from one 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 node. Maybe the next one from another node. Maybe the next one from another node. Another node. Oh, okay. Then I can maintain my own list of blocks, right? My own chain of block. Is that is that make sense? Yeah, that's very, very interesting to explore and uh, learn more, actually. That's yes, it's, it, it creates a lot more questions, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's just one question creates 10. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So that's a good question, Shiva, because, you know, in the beginning, I was like, how can everybody have all the data? Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, how is it possible? I thought, like, you know, I was thinking, like, from a traditional database, right? You know, huh? in, the, in the old database, you have to have the complete database to actually run a query. Well, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was also thinking same thing. Yes, multiple copies or something. Yeah. How can I? How can it's so much waste of time and so much copies and not everybody will have have that much data. How can they participate? Mm -hmm. But actually, you don't. You just need the one block to okay. win the transactions. Good, good, good plan. Good to know. Thank you. Thanks, yep. Awesome. Anything else, Brian? I don't have anything else. You did a great job. Thank you. No, this is fun because uh, I love explaining it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoy having it explained to me. Yeah, good. Uh, hey, thank you, Shiva. Thank you, Ashok. I think uh, it was fun. Yeah, thanks, guys. That was, uh, I, I like that. That was great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good. Have a good week. You too.